Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Last month in Rotterdam, Netherlands, the Global Mercy sailed in and spent two weeks welcoming over 10,000 visitors on board, including some very special guests like Her Royal Highness Princess Anne and Andrea Bocelli. In addition, Mercy Ship's partners and alumni came from all over the world to experience this brand new vessel and take a tour of our purpose-built hospital ship. During a special weekend in Rotterdam, donors and partners gathered to hear about the future of Mercy Ships and celebrate all that has been accomplished over the years. One special speaker was Dr. Sharif Emil, a renowned pediatric surgeon who has volunteered in the operating theaters on board the Africa Mercy many times. Well, today's episode features the address Dr. Sharif gave on board the Global Mercy. His kind and gentle voice affirms his compassion and his wisdom is sure to touch you. Here is the address that Dr. Sharif Emil gave in Rotterdam talking about the heart of Mercy Ships. Dr. Sharif is a world-renowned pediatric surgeon. He's a recipient of the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Award for his contribution and service to the children of the world and to pediatric medicine and academia. Would you please welcome Dr. Sharif Emil? Thank you, Mark. Bonsoir tout le monde. Je souhaite la bienvenue à notre ami francophone. Don't worry, that's all the French I'll use tonight. Um, I think I'll, I'll start with just a 30-second reflection. I don't want to give our organizers chest pain because they want me to stick to the time. But everybody's thinking today a little bit about what they've encountered and, and you know, reflecting on the morning we had. And I, I actually had a, a reflection on one of our young priests about 30 years ago who wanted to build a cathedral. And the congregation wasn't that large. And people said, you know, the community is not very large. Where are you going to get the money? You're going to put the church in debt. And he would always give the same response. And the response was, our father is rich. And I have to say, when I look at this ship, and having been with Mercy Years for six years, that's the response that comes to my mind. And it really is something that Don taught us through his vision. And then the thousands of people around the world here and on the ship and everywhere around the world, I think we've all learned that our father is rich. And that is really just an amazing blessing. So I will be speaking to you today about heart. What is heart? Heart is a pillar of mercy ships. It's a pillar of following the 2,000-year-old model of Jesus to bring hope and healing to the world's forgotten poor. Without heart, there really cannot be hope or healing. But what is it? What does it look like? How does it beat? And again, many of you saw some heartbeats of the Mercy Ship's heart when you tour today. And some of you, of course, are veterans of Mercy Ships, and you've seen the organization many times. But for those maybe who are encountering Mercy Ships for the first time or who have been away for some time, I'd like to share some reflections on heart with you. Let me read you something I wrote almost exactly six years ago today. The real story of the Africa Mercy is not just about free surgical care among the poorest of the poor in Africa. It is not just about planting hope in the middle of despair. 
it's not just about capacity building in resource-poor countries. It's not, even, it's not even just about making a difference in the lives of tens of thousands, one life at a time, one country at a time. The real story of the Africa Mercy is about mercy. A merciful community, diverse and always changing, that has chosen to show its love through its actions. And in a world where evil is not only done, but also celebrated, advertised, and paraded, the people of the Africa Mercy remind us of what we as humans can accomplish if we're driven by mercy. This was my final paragraph in a dispatch I sent back home in 2016, minutes before I departed the Africa Mercy after completing my first mission. And every time I'm on the Africa Mercy, I try to share my experiences with my group back home, with my family, and with friends around the world through these dispatches. So if you're interested in reading more, you can just Google them, dispatches from the Africa Mercy, and they will all come up. So my friends, the people of the Africa Mercy, and now also the Global Mercy, crew and patients, because that's really the family of mercy ships. It's not just about the crew, it's not just about the patients, it's about the crew and the patients together. Those served and their servants, those healed and their healers, those hopeful, those hopeless and their hopeful are the heart of mercy ships. I am very privileged, in fact, I often feel spoiled to be able to work in a quaternary children's hospital at one of the oldest universities in North America. We have everything. We have all the technology, all the resources, all the latest medications, all the most advanced equipment, and all the most up-to-date human expertise at our fingertips. We have everything. So with all that, we can and we do offer patients hope for a healthier life and physical healing from serious illnesses. But if we want to be honest with ourselves, we cannot really offer them transformation. Because true spiritual transformation, the type that emerges from suffering and adversity and forgiveness of oneself and others, can only come through heart. A heart that beats to the tune of the sacred heart of Jesus Christ. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the Gospel of John, Jesus reminds us that the world can, in fact, give us much, but it cannot give us what he can give, heart. Christ healed the blind and the lame, those who had spent years wasting away in back alleys, hiding in caves, banished from society like lepers, cast out as being cursed. And to all he healed physically, Christ also offered spiritual healing, healing for the spirit and the heart. And these people whom Christ healed through his heart, the poorest among us, the neediest among us, the most vulnerable among us, the forgotten among us, the rejected among us, those people are not just people of a bygone era 2,000 years ago. No. These same people are with us today. And they're being ministered to by the people of Mercy Ships as their predecessors 2,000 years ago, were ministered to by Jesus Christ and his disciples through heart. The heart of mercy ships, a heart that unconditionally loves, unconditionally hopes, and unconditionally heals. 
Here you see a picture of two women in the dress ceremony. I know some of you may have attended those ceremonies before. It's really a celebration of women cured of a condition called vesicovaginal fistula, or VVF. Some of you may have seen the documentary, A Walk to Beautiful, about the work of Dr. Catherine Hamlin in Ethiopia, who created the first VVF hospital. If you haven't, I would strongly urge you to look at that documentary, A Walk to Beautiful. The condition arises after obstructed labor, where no resources for cesarean section are available. So the severe pressure from the baby on the vaginal wall cuts off the blood supply and allows a fistula, an abnormal channel, to develop between the vagina and the bladder. These women are not just incontinent. They are much, much worse. They leak urine continuously all day long. They develop a characteristic stench that leads to their rejection by their husbands and their communities. They're ostracized and isolated, and often that means that their children are ostracized and isolated. It's a life sentence of misery, shame, and loneliness. The dress ceremony is an iconic trademark of the ship. Women who have been cured of their fistulas through operations by the ship's gynecologists are given the gift of a new African dress, shoes, and makeup. They're each made to feel like they are the most important person that day. There is singing, dancing, rejoicing, happiness everywhere. For many of these women, it's their first chance to smile and laugh in years. They come to the ship with pain and shame and leave with hope and joy. The dress ceremony is not about just cure or healing. It's about transformation. It's about heart. Now, let me tell you about a couple of patients that I am personally familiar with because I, take, I took care of them. Let me tell you about Fatuma. Fatuma was a little girl I met in Guinea, four years old at the time, beautiful. Her shining face adorned by the carefully crafted braids dangling down her neck, vibrant, full of energy, almost indifferent to the large mass that extended from her neck down to her chest. There were some scars in the area, and they told me that a surgeon had been there before. But what the surgeon did or found or was not known. Her mother wasn't told, and there was no medical record. So I didn't know what was done before. We proceeded with the CT scan on the ship. And you don't have to be a doctor or radiologist to look at this picture of the CT and know that there's something really terrible in this child's body. A huge mass on her right side, going down her neck, compressing her chest, and squeezing her lung. I was surprised when I saw the scan, but I shouldn't have been. The mass was even larger than I anticipated and had caused a severe depression, as you see, and underdevelopment of the lung. But I should not have been surprised because for the last 20 years, I have always seen pathology in Africa that I simply had never seen in the US or Canada and often cannot explain. Dr. Mark Schreim, in his video today on the tour, spoke of that. It's often said that in the West, surgeons remove tumors from patients. And in Africa, surgeons remove patients from tumors. We wanted to remove Fatuma from her tumor, but we knew that this would be very risky. The mass is going to be closely adherent to the brachial plexus. These are the large nerve trunks that come from the neck and control the movement of the arm. So to get the tumor out without injury to these structures, there was a good chance that we would have to break her clavicle and make the neck and uh, chest a single cavity, something I would have great trepidation doing in my own high-tech environment. Now, when you save a child, 
you don't just save a life, you save a lifetime. Let me say that again. When you save a child, you don't just save a life, you save a lifetime. There is a corollary to that, though. When you injure a child, you don't just injure a life, you injure a lifetime. So I spent an entire weekend visualizing the surgical approach over and over. I prayed so hard not to leave this child with a paralyzed right arm, injuring a lifetime. Our team approached Fatuma on a Monday morning calmly with deliberation and prayer. Four hours into the case, it looked like we would have to resort to breaking Fatuma's clavicle, but we persisted and were able to trace all the major nerve trunks and proceed in a safer, less traumatic manner. Six hours after we made the incision, the tumor was completely removed. And as her anesthesia wore off, Fatuma reached for her breathing tube that was giving her the anesthetic with her right arm. What a marvelous sight. 24 hours after her surgery, Fatuma woke up, started walking, her face slowly starting to shine again. I asked her for a high five. She lifted her arm and slapped my open palm. The sweetest high five I've ever received. The next morning, she gave her nurse the same sweet salute you see in this picture. A sense of grace and mercy pervaded the ward. The team's heart, a heart after God's own, had once again worked miracles. Let me tell you about Emmanuel. As a pediatric surgeon, I often tell my residents, there's only one thing more difficult than surrendering yourself to a surgeon, and that is surrendering your child to a surgeon. It is an awesome responsibility. And as a pediatric surgeon, I come in contact every day, every day, with parents whose children are sick, quite sick sometimes. After many years and many journeys with parents of children with cancer, congenital anomalies, other serious conditions, and after, after having my own children, I think I have come to understand what it's like to have a child with a very serious illness. But there's one thing I cannot claim to understand. I cannot understand what it's like to see your child suffering day in and day out from a serious condition and feel helpless, unable to provide them any care or hope of cure. I cannot begin to understand what that pain is like. I really can't. Emmanuel was such a patient, very handsome little boy, born with a massive sacrococcygeal tumor, the tumor you see on his back there. When I speak about sacrococcygeal teratoma, my topic is called fighting monsters. The name is really well-earned. Teratoma is Greek for monster. And when you see these tumors, you understand why. These are benign tumors. They're not malignant most of the time, but they do become malignant and take the child's life if they're not removed in due time. And the child looks like they were born with a monster, a creature, at least as large as their head, sometimes two or three times larger than their head on their back. Now, Emmanuel's parents knew that some of their neighbors would think they have been cursed. So they named him Emmanuel. God with us. They were still grateful for the gift God had given them. Emmanuel entered one of the Africa Mercy operating rooms, supported by the hope of his family, the skills of Mercy Ship's crew, and most importantly, the prayers of an entire ship. After eight hours, we successfully and safely removed Emmanuel from his tumor, which was approximately a third of his total weight. 
But that is where the work begins. Care for these wounds after surgery can be extremely challenging because of the location of the wound. In the best of circumstances, the nursing care is intense. And that is, again, where heart continues to make a difference. The nurses, every hour of every day, cared for him with heart. A heart that melted the despair and anguish of his family and replaced it with smiles and warmth. Here on this next picture, you see Emmanuel's journey, American ambassador to Cameroon and his wife visiting him during the recovery with his family, with my resident and I, and then on the day of his discharge with patients and crew alike celebrating his discharge from the hospital, and then follow up up to a year later with him being cured of his tumor. I take my family to the Africa Mercy. I've done that twice because I really just want them to learn firsthand that the world can only be changed through one act of kindness at a time. We cannot immediately change an entire continent, but we can attend to one patient, one precious life at a time. That's where it starts, and that's where it ends for most physicians and surgeons, no matter where we practice. That's what brought many of us to mercy ships, and that is what brings us back and back again. That is the heart of the mission. I personally start every day on the ship with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I was thinking about our gathering here today and what we're coming to think and talk and decide about, and I thought that this is so relevant to what we're doing this weekend. So will you just join me in saying this prayer? God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Then we usually pray together before starting our day, sometimes in English or German or Dutch or Swedish or Swahili. We remind ourselves that it's the ultimate healer who is present and doing the healing and that we are mere vessels in his hands. And this provides all of us with the faith, peace, grace, and mercy by which we can tackle the most difficult, the most challenging problems like you've seen on these screens. Meryl Honey, the OR manager at, on the Africa Mercy, was actually there today on the Global Mercy, and she came and said hello. And she told me one thing on one of my days I was leaving that never left me. She said, you know, the idea of mercy ships would never work on paper. The idea of mercy ships would never work on paper. It only works in real life. Think about that. So through prayer, we can do things in real life that would never work on paper. Through prayer, we can tackle problems like Emmanuel's and Fatuma's. So my friends, you've heard about the God complex that surgeons have. I have one of my own. When it comes to the mission of mercy ships, I believe that God, Emmanuel, is indeed with us and that he will continue to be with us if we keep our hearts aligned with his and this weekend i pray i believe that your hearts will also be with us today and for many years to come in this amazing amazing journey that is mercy ships merci thank you so much those are powerful words of wisdom and insight from dr sharif 
And perhaps you've been inspired to come on board and share mercy with the forgotten poor as well. If so, check out volunteer opportunities at mercyships.org forward slash volunteer. Next week, Patty Stack is joining us from the Africa Mercy in Dakar, Senegal. Patty applied to volunteer either in the Hope Center or in the hospital on board, but when she found out that her skill set didn't match any open positions, she said she was willing to do anything. We'll come back next week and hear about this amazing woman's heart to step in wherever there is need. 